Art of Visuals community and welcome to the Art of Visuals podcast, a content series to inspire the creators, the mavericks, the hustlers, and the visionaries who believe that art and creativity have the power to impact and change culture. This series was created for you, the explorers of the world. We're here because you're not alone on this journey to becoming your best self. This series shares real authentic stories direct from the world's most talented creative community. These stories are meant to inspire, motivate, and educate you and the rest of the AOV family. With over a decade of experience in entrepreneurship, content creation, and self-development, the AOV team is here to create a new kind of culture within our community, one that inspires action, love, growth, and fulfillment. You are now tuning in to the AOV Podcast. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. My name is Prince McClinton, and I am your host, and today's guest is Tyler Glass. He is a commercial and adventure photographer based out of Kentucky, also an ambassador for Polar Pro, all-around fantastic adventure photographer, and I'm just stoked to be chatting with you, man. Welcome to the show. Dude, appreciate you having me. It's, it's an honor, man. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. stoked to be on here dude right on man why don't you get us started with just giving a little background for the community on yourself yeah man so born and raised in Louisville Kentucky grew up playing sports all my life never once touched a camera or knew anything about cameras played collegiate soccer for Spalding University and in 2015 obviously that uh, stopped Athletics had kind of been my identity my whole life, so it was time to find something new. And I'd obviously, or I'd always been a big-time outdoor guy. Uh, my buddies and I, we'd take summer trips up to Colorado every year and climb some 14ers and hang out on Lake Dillon and stuff like that, and it was always a good time. So I thought, you know, I need to bring a camera or something up here and kind of share this a little bit. And I started out with an iPad. So I'm up here just uh, taking shots, turn 90 degrees, take another shot with the iPad. And that, that's kind of how I started out. Um, and I was editing on an app called Snapseed. And I would just use the drama filter every time. And yeah, that's kind of where I started. I'm still based in Louisville, Kentucky. Just got married a couple months ago. So that's a huge stepping stone in my life. Big change, big change. And uh, yeah, man traveling as much as I can now. Dude, that's wicked. I love the fact that you were just up there dad being a dad photographer with the <laughs> iPad. Like I have an iPad pro. I use it all the time. And my favorite thing is to, like mess around and shoot video and photo on it, like out in public. Cause it just looks so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I mean, it's, it's crazy how far like iPhones and iPad cameras have come. It really is. Um, you know, some people ask me, they'll, they'll message me on Instagram and say, Hey, I'm going on a big trip. Do you recommend getting an expensive camera or I've got, you know, an iPhone? Like, what kind of iPhone do you have? iPhone 10. Dude, just take the iPhone. You'll be fine. They're awesome. But back then, no, this it was awful, dude. It was horrible. But, you know, I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's really cool seeing technology catch up to the point where we're at today where iPads, iPhones are extremely capable. Whereas 10 years ago, eh, your BlackBerry wasn't doing it. Your <laughs> iPhone wasn't doing it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But that's rad. So talk to me a little bit about your Instagram, your style, like, you know, why do you, I guess, why do you do what you do? For sure, man. So 
obviously I've been hiking a long time and I kind of grew up in the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of wanted to make it a goal to give myself a platform to, so to where people can hear my voice. Mm -hmm. And obviously Instagram introduced itself to me and I kind of worked my way through it. And my ultimate goal with it would be to kind of inspire people, not really to just show people, you know, Hey, I'm living like a cool life and I'm getting to do these things, but like, literally anyone can go see these places. And then the ultimate goal is to just make them care about these places. Um, we're living in a time where, you know, climate change, it's, it's on our hinds right now. And one of the best things I think I can do is kind of just share the world with people. Because I mean, ever since I started doing this, I've seen friends who have never stepped a foot outside are going and doing hikes in Kentucky, or they're flying out to Colorado and doing stuff. And I think that I mean, I don't know if that's because of me, and that's perfectly fine if it's not, but I, I like to think, you know, maybe we can all make a little change via our Instagrams if we go out and, and kind of capture the world in the best way that we can and the way that we see it. And so that's, that's always been my long-term goal with mm-hmm. the Instagram is to just kind of inspire people to go out and just care a little bit more about the world because I feel like the more people that we inspire to go out and do that kind of stuff, the better chance we have of saving it. Dude, I love it. Uh, it's really cool hearing that you even have some type of a vision for your artwork. You know, many people don't. And so it's nice to hear from you, you know, why you do what you do. Now I'm curious, that's what you're doing today. What's the, I guess, like, what's the the big picture look like? Do you have a big, hairy vision for where you want to be, you know, a decade from now or five years from now? Absolutely. So obviously I do Instagram influencing. Um, that is not the ultimate goal. goal. The ultimate goal would be, you know, working with uh, National Geographic or other large camera brands that will allow me to kind of stretch myself and go a little bit further than I am right now and kind of give me even uh, even larger platform to kind of complete this mission of kind of just spreading awareness. I think that, you know, Instagram influencing is awesome because it's allowed me to make money and go to places doing it. And, and it gives me a way to spread that message, but I don't think it's going to last forever, unfortunately, and that's okay. But it also means that I need to prepare for a larger goal, as you said, which would be working for probably one specific company who would have me go out, photograph certain things, work on individual pro- uh, projects, larger projects, rather than repping brands or photographing content for them. I think that really the ultimate goal would be working for you know one specific company Um, you know, like national, I think, you know, national geographic is obviously, you know, the epitome of outdoor photography. And I think that's something, um, that I'm striving for every day. Dude, I dig it, man. I love it. It's it's cool to see that you've, you know, you've thought it out a little bit and that you have some type of vision for your future. Obviously things change. Yeah. But for now, that's the plan, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, So tell me a little bit about, how you like what was your first moment with photography where you fell in love where you knew this was this was the thing for you I knew you were outdoors but was there a specific moment when you just started posting a ton getting real you know active on Instagram and deciding I want to be a social media influencer right absolutely yeah so it kind of started out to where I um I went on a road trip right after I graduated. Uh, it was like a 14-day road trip with my buddies, Nathan and Mike. And we went out into, we literally left from Kentucky and drove all the way out to like uh, Colorado, 
uh, went through like the great sand dunes, Grand Tetons. Um, I just bought a camera because obviously I didn't want to take the iPad out to these places. Mm-hmm. My first camera was uh, an Olympus OMD, and I didn't know a thing about how to use it. I was shooting an automatic the whole time. I don't even think I still have those photos, and I'm and I'm ashamed that I don't still have those photos. I should have them. But I think when I was out there, man, I I don't think I gained a love for photography when I was out there more as I gained a love for. Uh, the planet you know I'd, I'd done hiking on Colorado and all that but when I saw all this other stuff that was going on the great sand dunes the Grand Tetons which is just an immaculate mountain range it's absolutely gorgeous and I think that's kind of what set me on this path and then going on from that trip we moved on and went to Iceland that was kind of my first big photography trip that was the first time I had any brands working with me and it was horrible the weather was awful um, we had 60 to 70 mile an hour winds but it was one of the best trips of my life because I was out there photographing these horrendous weather chant patterns going on, massive waterfalls. It, I mean, it's stuff I just had no clue existed. Right. And my buddy had planned out the whole trip, so it was mostly me just going and kind of being surprised every single time we went somewhere. And so every single time, I, you know, no matter what the weather was, our tent was being torn out of the ground every time. We always experienced something so beautiful in Iceland. That's one of the cool things about Iceland and why people go there, you know, as one of their best, big first uh, trip, trips abroad. So I think I kind of fell in love with it more so in Iceland. And I think it was because, you know, we were facing adversity. And if I didn't have a camera, that would have been one of the worst trips of my life. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I had a camera and I was able to capture it all, um, I think that's kind of where things started to click for me. And I was like, you know, I may not be able to make money off this, but I can sure be happy doing this. I love it. Tyler fell in love in Iceland. Didn't you get, yeah. is, is Iceland where you proposed to your wife? It wasn't supposed to be, but yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, I proposed to her at um, the Vesterhorn Mountains, dude. So you fell in love twice in Iceland. Twice, twice. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's crazy. Bad weather both times. Bad weather both times. <laughs> That's funny, man. That's really that's a really neat story, though. Iceland is obviously a, a very beautiful place, and it's a great place to fall in love. Yeah. If I had to say, yeah, was, man. So I'm curious. You're in the transition. You've been shooting for a few years now. You know, you have a solid Instagram following, and you're really trying to move forward into this full time space. What are some of the biggest obstacles that you're facing today as a photographer during this transition phase? Right. You know, it kind of got to a point where it was kind of a phase thing with the obstacles. I kind of, I, you know, I picked up photography and I started building up my Instagram. I was like, oh, I could, you know, I could get some pretty, you know, cool free stuff from this, from outdoor brands, whatever. And then it kind of built up into, oh, I can probably turn this into kind of like a side hustle, uh, make a little extra money. You know, a couple months ago, I was realizing, hey, this can actually be a full-time gig. And, you know, I think the only thing hindering me from going full-time into this was, you know, a guy straight out of college, student loans up to his neck. So it was always financial reasons for not jumping straight into it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But recently, um, I've just been working on a lot of new contracts that have kind of helped out with that. But also, you may not hear this from a lot of travel photographers, is I have an extreme fear of flying, (laughs) Like it is, it is anxiety out of this world when I step on a plane and it sucks too, because I'm at this point, I'm kind of flying like a couple of times a month. So every time I get on there, it's like my life shortens a couple of days. You know what I mean? I mean, right. I'm going to die young if I don't get a handle on this. So it's like, 
I think that's one big obstacle that's kind of um, that's going to face me over the next few months and next few years if I don't get a handle on it. Yeah, man. I think those are kind of the two biggest obstacles that have battled me more so the you know, the, I was kind of homebred in Kentucky and I'm a very homebody kind of person. Um, so it's a lot hard and I had a, an amazing family, amazing parents. So it's really hard to kind of stretch myself to do that. Uh-huh. But obviously it's something that I've got to keep pushing myself and pushing myself and pushing myself. And I'm doing that a lot with trips this year where I'll be going and, you know, being out of phone service for a week or two at a time doing hikes and stuff like that. So, I mean, I am definitely going to be stretching myself and pushing through that gotcha. for sure. So what's your, so do you have a day job or is this full time? Uh, right now I do have a day, uh, day job. Mm-hmm. I am in the middle of transitioning to where I will be quitting my day job and don't tell my boss, I will be quitting mm-hmm. my day job within the next month or two and we'll moving straight into uh, full-time photography. Dude, that's exciting. Congratulations yep. on that, Tyler. Any, any fear going into that transition? Like, is there anything? <sighs> Cause it's a good question. I mean, I don't think there's as much fear. I think it's more kind of logic work working against me. I'm very methodical when it comes to this. I, you know, I've been, this isn't something I've just jumped into because of one contract or anything. It's something that I've been um, thinking about for the past probably seven months. And I wanted to gradually ease into it and, and build up a little nest egg just in case it didn't work out. But honestly, building up that nest egg and kind of gradually stepping into it has kind of taken away a lot of that fear. Now, there's still some fear there because, I mean, you just don't know what could happen. But at the same time, you know, I'm working a full-time job that could end at any moment. I mean, I don't know what's going on with my company internally, you know? Yeah. It could end any time. So why, why does it matter? You know what I mean? So I think that also helps kind of push me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this next month, uh, month and a half, is going to be – it's going to be intense, but I think it's going to be incredible. I yeah. think it's going to be incredible for me. You're crossing the Rubicon, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so with all the stuff you have going on right now, how did you, what do you think it was that you were doing that allowed you to make this transition? Like there's a lot of young people listening to this podcast, you know, some being influencers themselves and already making money and doing this full time. Many of them, you know, dreaming of, more or less doing the same thing that you're trying to do. And so what, what do you think has allowed you to be in a position to where you're able to actually start to make this transition to being a full-time influencer and travel photographer? Absolutely. Like, what's Ours. the hustle look like, bro? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It, and it, it is a hustle. I think that's what, it, what it's all about is, you know, getting up every day and having goals for yourself and working to better your life, I think is huge. I also think that um, stepping out of your boundaries and kind of going beyond what you think you can actually do. I think one of the things that helped me and my buddy Nathan out with so much was that we reached out to bigger brands than we thought we could ever work with. I mean, brands that, you know, wouldn't give us a time of day. And those are the brands that were like, oh yeah, well, you know, you got some talent and they actually ended up working with us. And I think those were huge stepping stones because I think a lot of people who are more talented than me or have a more following than me just haven't reached out to larger brands. I don't know. It's definitely not a confidence issue because I am not confident about it, but I just kind of, you know, put forth, you know, just shooting through an email and being like, you know, whatever. The worst thing is they're probably not going to respond. And then, you know, a couple of days later, they happen to respond. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, you're like, Okay, you know, those are huge confidence builders, huge stepping stones that can kind of allow you 
to progress into making this a feasible career. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's huge. Just having a little more confidence than you would, um, you know, during your day job or during or when you're around your peers. I think it's going having a little bit more uh, spunk, I guess you could say. I'm trying to think of the word. You know what I mean? Just yeah, I think that's huge. Um, I also think it's about being patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I spent the past seven months debating whether I should go full time, whether it's a good idea or not. And, and I'm finally coming to the conclusion that it is, but I, I before I signed a contract the other day, I was going to be waiting until like September, or October. I mean, it just happened to be, you know, sometimes things fall into place and sometimes you also get lucky too. And I have been extremely lucky on some of the projects that I've worked on. It's not all me going out. It's sometimes me being approached. And I, and I think that's, that has a lot to do with it too. Dude, I couldn't agree more. Luck definitely plays a role, but the the hard work lays the foundation yeah. of luck. It's like the harder you yep. work and the more opportunities you you put out, the the luckier, you know, you yeah. get. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, just putting yourself out there and and posting more allows more opportunity for you to be reposted or to show up on an Instagram discover page and brands seeing you. The more you work at it, the more chance you are to get lucky. You know, luck, that luck isn't going to come without any sort of effort, of course. What type of, I guess, where's your alliance as far as camera brands lie? <laughs> what are you shooting on? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I am at a, a, a big crossroad when it comes to that. I've been for the past two years shooting on a Canon. Uh, I had a Canon 60 Mark One, and then I upgraded a few months ago to the Canon 60 Mark II. And then uh, two months ago, I was approached by Olympus Cameras. And so for the past couple of months, I've actually been working with them and getting used to their OMD system. Mm-hmm. And I still have both cameras. I am working with Olympus uh, kind of on like a month-to-month basis. I don't have like a, a huge contract with them. But normally, if I'm not working with them and I still have the Canon or the Olympus in my bag, I'm like going to the Olympus. I don't know what it is, but I'm super comfortable with the system. And it's kind of weird because like a lot of uh, American photographers don't work with them. A lot of like the uh, the German roamers, mm-hmm. like they're huge Olympus guys, huge Olympus cameras guys. So it's definitely different. I'm usually the only one out of a pot of photographers out of a spot that's shooting with Olympus, but that's OK. I'm cool with that. That's, I like it. That's rad. No, I dig, I dig that, dude. It's 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 dude. Whatever works for you. I mean, the reality, like everyone, no one makes a bad camera for the most part. No, like, no, te- no. Technology's no. gotten to the point to where it's pretty much impossible to buy a bad camera. So absolutely, and it's, that's why, like cell phones, man. I'm telling you, that's why I tell people so much. You know, you don't you don't even need a camera all the time. But obviously, I'd prefer a camera in my case. But you don't need. It's not a necessity for some people. You know. Right. So tell me a little bit about some of your uh, adventures. So I know you're a big outdoors guy. Anything notable, you know, any wild adventures, anything crazy ever happened on any of your outdoor treks? I see all the backpacks behind you. I know you're out there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. I know, I know. Uh, You should see the rest of my room. It's an absolute mess right now. This this just looks good for you, man. Normally, I, I, you know, we hike through grizzly bear country a lot. Mm -hmm. And we are more often than not super lucky. We've never had anything really go uh, not according to plan, except one time um, we're out. And this isn't even like we're not going out there to photograph or anything. We're out camping with my buddies in uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains. And we're sitting there watching what I can remember, one of the most gorgeous sunsets I've ever watched in my life. And all of a sudden I'm sitting next to Austin and he goes, 
bear. There's a bear. And I look up and I kind of see over this, this little rock that's formation that's right in front of us. And all I see is its butt. And it is a big butt. This is a big black bear. And it's charging kind of towards us. And at last second, I think is when it saw us, um, because a black bear is never going to come near you unless it, it absolutely has to. It veers off into our camp. We're not in our camp at this moment. We're kind of on a ridge watching the sunset. It veers off into our camp, into the dark shrubs, and we have no idea where it goes. And so I'm sitting there, and I have a fear of flights, a fear of sharks, and a fear of bears. So <laughs> and I, bears are like my favorite animal. I know a lot about them because I'm so afraid of them. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, half of us don't have our flashlights right now. It's getting super dark. You cannot see into our camp. And so long story short, we end up kind of making a plan real quick. And we're like, all right, three of us are going to go in, get our stuff, pull it out while the other two hold up flashlights and start yelling to kind of keep the bear away. And we never see the bear again, but you know, to we want to make sure that we don't produce any conflict with the bear because that could end up in the bear getting uh, possibly destroyed if something happens. So the worst thing we want to do is that, or the worst thing that could happen is that. So we pack up our stuff as fast as we can. We're all kind of shaking and we just never, that's my first time being in, in that close to a bear before. Mm. So we're all, we end up packing up and we hike down like a thousand foot. I mean, it's, it's a thousand foot incline that we had to go down in the dark just to get to our cars drive six hours home in the middle of the night but i mean honestly conflict aside i don't think i'd be able to sleep there that night but i think that's kind of one of the the craziest things that's happened to me that's wild <laughs> yeah it, it, i mean it, it was pretty intense and we're gonna be going i'll be heading out to alberta in like a week and a half grizzly bear country we'll be in alberta twice this year we'll actually be going to katmay national park in Alaska, which is, you know, Kodiak country. It's, it's just like, we're constantly kind of in these places. So there's mm -hmm. always a chance that's going to happen. And, and we were backcountry camping in Grand Tetons uh, just a couple months ago. Never saw any grizzlies. I'm really sad about it too, because I do want to photograph them just from a safe distance. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you, you always have to keep your wits about you and be educated on, on those kinds of things. Dude, no doubt. Especially nowadays, man, all these grammars running around, bears are out. Dude, and I think that's why I and yeah, exactly. And con they, you know, there's news articles coming out all the time about a new grizzly grizzly bear attack, and it's not because and it's it's almost never because of a predatorial thing. It's because we're going into their land, we're scaring them, we're coming in between them and their cubs by accident. But yeah, I mean, it's huge, and it's good too because it is good for the outdoor industry. It's good, it you know, it's a part of my plan to want people to go out there more and to experience these places. But it's also important that we remain educated about the places we're going into, right. and uh, you know, just yeah. I got a question for you. Yeah, how, man. How do you how do you guys like how do you go about standing out as an as a photographer? So I'm like I'm looking at your Instagram and I'm like the, the work is great, beautiful, stunning photos, but it's a question I've been thinking about, and you just happen to be the person on the other end of the stick today who's, who's getting the question <laughs> the first time. Yeah, man. And it's dude, it's like I mean, the feeds look very similar. Like a lot of. Instagram feeds have a very similar just vibe to them. And so I'm yep. curious, like, how does one stand out from the crowd? Dude, it is so 
so hard because there are so the market is saturated with incredible photographers, you know, and Instagram. And I'm, I'm just trying to catch up because, you know, I haven't been in the Instagram game as long as some of these guys or girls. So, I mean, it's a great question. And a lot of it I think has to do with aesthetic, but I also think it has come to do with how you represent yourself mm -hmm. and your goals and your mission in this photography. And a lot of people are out there who are in, insane photographers and they're going to these awesome places, but they're not really trying to better the places that they're going into. You know what I mean? So I think that has a lot to do with it aside from the aesthetic, but it also has to do with, and I'll tell you, I mean, like a year ago, you can go far back enough in my Instagram my look and style was completely different. Um, I was kind of chasing a style that I wanted to hone. It wasn't my style though. And I couldn't get it. And I felt awful trying to do it because it wasn't me. And I think the most important thing is, yeah, your style may look like some other people's and that's because, you know, it's such a saturated market, but as long as you're remaining genuine to you and you're doing exactly what you want, it doesn't really matter. I think that as long as you're kind of you know, being genuine to yourself, you're doing your style because you think it's bomb as hell and not because someone else is doing it. I think that that's extremely important and that itself sticks out. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do every day is I'm not, my style is developing every day. It's not exactly where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, with captions and everything, you can kind of develop your own style, but aside from aesthetic. And I think that it's hugely important to kind of build that up. Right. What if what if people aren't reading the captions though? Yeah, I don't know, man. That, I, I'm not trying to. Really I don't. Yeah, I don't no, wanna, no, no. I feel bad because I don't want to. No, 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 no. Don't feel bad. This, this is question. kind of questions that you should do, and I love it. I think that it's important that we kind of. You are kind of something with this one. Yeah. More or less, maybe you're still developing yeah. your style. Like you're, yeah, no, you're getting I am, closer, I am still working closer on it. To, to where you want to be, but at the same right. time. Right, right. I am not at the point where I am 100% satisfied with my style. And I do think mine blends in with people. Absolutely. I don't think I 100% stand out. And I think that's why, you know, the conversations between brands and people I work with and me reaching out via waiting for them to look at my Instagram and reach out because they can look at my Instagram and be like, oh, his style looks exactly like this person, but this person has 400,000 followers. Why would we, you know, waste their time with that? Right. And I totally get that. And I am still working on my style to try and, you know, build it up to being exactly what I want it to be. And I don't know if it ever will be. <laughs> well, it'll always be changing, right? I mean, I think that yeah. comes with being an artist. You know, Picasso, perfect example. Like, he went through so many different styles of painting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> different stages, man. I mean, different mm -hmm. phases. You know, they each have their own phase throughout the times that they're working on their art. And history knows it as that, you know, uh, during this decade, he had his, his certain stage of art. And then he was like, you know, I'm done with that. Let's do something else. And he evolved. And I think it's always important that we're evolving. No matter how big or how good we get at photography, we have to continue evolving, I think. So let me ask you this. So you're talking about how it's important to always be evolving. What do you do? Like, as, so let's talk about self-development, I guess. Like, how is Tyler Glass constantly evolving? Like, what are you doing to push yourself to get outside of your comfort zone to continue to grow as a creator, businessman, etc.? Um, I don't usually go to bed without getting on YouTube or getting on, uh, some random, you know, camera website and kind of looking into the new technology that's coming out with it. Like I was reading, 
um, Apple's website today, looking at the new iPads that came out, thinking, you know, it, would this be a better option of me taking on trips with me and editing because it's so much more slim and it still has Lightroom Mobile? Then again, I'm like, no, it does. It limits you. But anyway, I think I, I try to get on YouTube at least, you know, once a day and watch like 30 minutes or so on you know, not just photography, but I've been watching a lot of vlogging stuff too, because I think I, I really want to, I don't want to be a one trick pony. I don't want, just want to be an Instagram photographer. I want to be able to vlog. I want to be able to do video for a company. If a company asks me if, if I can do a video, I'm probably going to say yes, get on YouTube and figure out how exactly I can put forth mm -hmm. what I just promised them. You know what I mean? I don't, right. I don't want to lose a gig simply because I can only do one thing. So what I try to do is I go out and watch a video or I'll read some articles about how I can better my own photography or, you know, how should I get started into vlogging since I have two different camera kits um, and a mirrorless camera is obviously great for vlogging. So I think it's always just trying to go out there and maybe not better something you're already doing, but kind of find something you're not doing and kind of just kind of stay ahead of the curve a little bit is what I'm trying to to do whenever I, you know, get on the internet or anything. So this is another question around education that I'm curious about. So during the early phases of being a photographer or filmmaker, any type of creative, you normally allocate most of your time during those entry phases to the craft, right? Really experimenting, etc. Then you kind of get into the middle and it's more about learning specialized techniques and you know, maybe developing your style and finding out how to do these very specific things. As you start to move into the more professional level and you actually want to go full time and, and turn a hobby or a love or a passion, et cetera, whatever you call it, into a career, an example, making money by working with brands or starting your own creative agency or whatever it may be, how much of your time where you're at today is allocated to like photography education versus like business education, like understanding marketing, how to pitch a brand, metrics, understanding all these different, you know, terms and strategies and, you know, putting a deck together, website, invoicing, yep. taxes, fine, you know, just all that stuff. So like, what does that split look like? And like, what type of things are you currently looking for, I guess? You know, up until maybe a few months, maybe a couple months ago, I'll be realistic. Um, it was probably 80-20 photography versus business. You know, I, I kind of thought with the photography, the business would kind of fall in line with it. And that's not how it works. <laughs> you know, I think I lost a lot of gigs or never had a chance at them because I didn't put pitch decks or storyboards together for them. Right. And so recently, probably about a month and a half ago, I just built my website. So I've been doing it for three years without having any sort of website, which is just stupid. It's just so silly. And then I've been putting, you know, each brand I reach out to, whether it's a, an automobile brand or an electronics brand, I'll put together a different pitch deck for them. And I'll, I'll I forget what the website, Canva is the website I use. And I'll kind of put in together different photos that I've taken specifically for electronics. And it's kind of turned into more of like a probably 60 40 maybe mm -hmm. i might be pushing it maybe mm -hmm. maybe 70 30 it hasn't increased too much but it's it's enough to where it's it's significantly making a difference you know going the extra mile not saying hey you know i'm a photographer i can do something for you saying hey i'm a photographer i've got this idea what do you think about it we can do this we can do this we can do campaign strategies uh, directing toward an audience that loves this and i think that's that going the extra mile in that is huge 
and I think that's more being a business minded person rather than I think it's a lot of creative too, but I think it's being more business minded, being more methodical with your pitches to brands. And I think that's a huge way I've stepped up my game as well as like a website. I dig it, dude. And I was, I was checking out your website earlier too. And, uh, it's nice. I like the way how it's set up. The, the fonts look good. The landing page looks good. Thanks uh, man. Have you seen after, I guess, getting a website, have you noticed any difference in, in business or, uh, selling I, any prints or anything like that? I have not sold a single print via the website yet. And that's okay because I didn't um, imagine that I would sell prints automatically. I figured that would kind of be, you know, uh, the prints are a way to pay for the website, which kind of push out, puts out a more professional vibe for myself. Whenever mm -hmm. brands are looking at me, this guy doesn't have a website. You know, why is he not that dedicated to it? Is he doing something else on the side? Whatever. Having a website obviously makes me look um, much more professional with it. And so just having the prints, you know, if someone buys one print per month, obviously it pays for the website, but I have gotten a lot of contacts from the website itself where uh, I don't know how, I guess they get on my, you know, it's in my bio and my Instagram, I guess they click on my bio mm -hmm. and go through the website through there. And they're like, okay, cool. And I've gotten probably, I've had it up for about a month and I've gotten two or three reach outs from brands, uh, that I one never even heard of, but two, um, I'm actually, I'll be working with now. Dude, that's so it's definitely paid off. Right. No, that's really exciting. I, I love that. I'm curious. So you haven't sold and I, I don't that doesn't you know, I don't think there's anything weird about you not selling prints. Uh, yeah. I actually think it's a, a really common thing, to be honest. Right. I talk to a lot of right. people. Yeah, and, and that brings up a whole nother question. It's like, like, what do you think the future looks like for photography? Like, do you like is brand like do you feel as a photographer like like do you feel like the only way for you to actually make a living is by working with brands? Like, do you have, I, have you had theories or ideas on other ways to, to be able to do what you love without just giving it all up and, and, and going and basically just working for brands all the time? Dude, I think it's so sad because I think one of my favorite things about photography is the, is having a print in your hand, seeing, you know, it's cool looking at a computer screen and editing your photo and seeing it come to life in that way. But having the actual print makes the photo come to life. It makes it a physical piece of artwork that you put together. And it, I think it's so, it's like books. You know, my wife reads on a Kindle every day and I'm like, I just don't know how you do that because I just love that physical feeling of having a book in my hand and books are also dying off. So it is kind of one of those things where, you know, maybe we are turning into more of a digital society and prints are going away a little bit and that would that would be a shame for sure but it's kind of like i said before i can't just sit here and rely on instagram because i don't think it's going to last forever i don't think being an influencer is going to put food on my table for the rest of my life i've got to be able to branch it's doing it now absolutely but you know five years ten years i think you know am i going to run out of brands to work with or are they going to figure out that, you know, maybe it's not doing as much for them as it should. And, and the, the social media age kind of dies down a little bit. So I think it is important to be prepared for that. But I don't think prints have died or anything like that. I think it's more of, you know, I'm still pretty young in the game. You know, buying a piece of my artwork isn't like buying some famous artists or, you know, it's not buying a Picasso. It's buying a Tyler Glass. So I think there's a lot of into that. Yeah, I think that we're kind of at a crossroads where 
you know, it, it's kind of like, why would I buy your print when I can just sit here and it's my iPhone wallpaper kind of deal. Right. And I, I think that does kind of hurt a little bit because simply because I put so much pride into like holding my own print, not even my own print, but like holding someone else's print. I'm like, well, you can actually dig into this photo and sit there and just kind of look at it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I love prints, man. I think it's so important to keep the art form alive because there's actual energy, you know, there's matter in a print and it's unlike digital, it's nothing like a digital image. Like it's not even comparable looking at something on your screen versus, you know, being able to hold something in your hand, sitting at a fireplace, you know, cozy looking through photographs or a print book or something versus sitting on your laptop being blasted with light, you know, staring at a screen. Yeah, man. Cause I mean, if people, you know, they'll, they'll walk into your house and the first thing they're going to notice is the decor. And if it's your own prints, they're going to, they're going to actually get a chance to interpret that. You know, they're not going to sit on your Instagram and try and interpret a photo. They're going to like it, maybe comment it and move on. Mm -hmm. But a physical piece that's in your face like that, you, you actually get a chance to kind of relate to it a little bit and, and really, like I said, just kind of interpret it. And I think that's awesome, dude. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think you'd be able to be doing what you're doing today uh, if it wasn't for Instagram? Like, where would you be at today if it wasn't for Instagram? That's a scary, scary question, man. I don't know. Oh, God, would I be in law school? Oh, it's such a, oh, it's such a, like a horrible kind of culture <laughs> in there, man. I, I did a little bit of shadowing and kind of, mixing in with that with that environment i just hate it i don't know i don't think i'd be where i am no i don't and i I think that's one of the cool things about social media and instagram it is that it is allowing a lot of us to do these kind of things we're we're able to connect and we have a platform where we where people can hear our voice and i think it's awesome yeah there's downsides to instagram of course there is uh i don't know if you you heard recently you know there's the huge super bloom in california that's happening right now so oh, there's the, like the a flower bloom. Yeah, 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 the yeah, huge yeah. flower boom. Yeah, so flowers. it's like it's like the second time it's happened in like the past decade due to drought and everything. Well, wherever the poppies are, that's in like Walker Canyon, the place has like a population of like 60,000 and 50,000 tourists over the past week worked their way in there to come see this place and it completely mm-hmm. shut down the town. So there are obviously, you know, there are downsides mm-hmm. of social media, but I think overall Instagram has done a lot of amazing things, not just for influencers, but you know, for the world, keeping us connected. It allows us to learn more. I, I, I don't think I would be where I am today. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's interesting. And people, dude, people are so interesting, huh? Yeah. Just like <laughs> 50,000 people traveling to get like like it's it's funny because it's like it's not like the place is brand new. It's not like it just appeared. It's always been there. It's just it's it like once social media has just revealed so many places and depending on who you are, what you do, your beliefs, etc., it's like good or bad, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I think it could be a little bit of both too. There's a lot of gray area there. I think, you know, I don't think it's one way or the other, but I do, I do love Instagram. I'd spend way too much time on it, but I am thankful for what it's given me thus far. What would you say? How much time do you think you spent on Instagram in a, in like a given day? Oh God. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, out of every hour, probably 40 minutes, maybe 35 minutes out of every hour. So about not including, you know, eight hours of sleep, but right. So about half to two thirds of your days is, is, is on yep. Instagram. Yep. 
And it's not just, you know, me saying who's liking my photo or commenting. It's actually me doing some research on, on uh, brands that I'd be able to work with or who's, who's needing help brand wise, stuff like that. A lot of, a lot of my time on Instagram is that actually. It's, it's so interesting because it's like Instagram <clears throat> as a social media influencer, depending on how you go about growing your business, like Instagram becomes like your world. Yeah. You know, it's yep. like, cause there's a whole world within Instagram. There's brands, there's shopping, there's people, like basically everything that we actually have in the external world exists on these social media platforms in one fashion or another. And I guess if you're working towards creating your income and doing things based off of a social media platform, then you end up spending a ton of time there. Do yeah. You, do you think that's, I want to talk about mental health for a little bit. I'm curious, like, have you seen any, has it affected you in any way that you've noticed or that your family or anyone has noticed? Me and some friends that I'm very close to that are also working on social media stuff. I've experienced, and that is one of the downsides too. I've experienced some anxiety, mm -hmm. you know, when, when a photo doesn't perform how you expect it to, you're like, oh, this photo is one of the best I've taken, it has to do well. And it doesn't, and, and it can, like, it really can kind of beat on you a little bit. I've experienced not like huge anxiety from it, but I have, I have been affected by it. And I'm trying to work on that because that is a problem. I should not let the way people feel about my photo on a platform affect my mental health at all. Um, at the same time, you know, it is important that my photos do well for branding and stuff like that. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, that should not at all affect my psychosis. Right. And then I've seen other people, you know, close friends of mine who definitely get anxiety from it or get upset, um, have taken their posts down when they don't do well. Even if it's a sponsored post, they'll, they'll go to the brand and say, Hey, was this a bad engagement day? We'll, we'll work on it next week. And I think that they're probably, I'm probably not the only one. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm assuming it, there is an epidemic of it throughout, uh, the influencer, genre of Instagram for sure. Without a doubt. It's uh, <clears throat> it's something we don't talk about it a ton on the podcast. We do bring it up from time to time. And it's something that I want to bring up more often just because, you know, I've seen really good people fall off the face of the earth, you know, due to uh, depression and things like that caused from just the altered reality they're living in based on their consumption on Instagram. Yes. Know? And so... I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought it up, too, because I was listening uh, like a couple weeks ago. I was listening to, to the episode you did with Charlotte Little Wolf, mm -hmm. and you brought it up. And she is an incredible photographer. She brought up some incredible points about how like she has friends who are suffering from anxiety. From I was like, God, I hope he brings this up when he's working with me, because I think I think it, you know, mental health is a huge issue in society right now and how we don't talk about it enough. And I think it does need to be out there more. And I'm so glad you brought it up. I guess. Do you do you feel like yourself? You know, like there was a time where I would get on Instagram stories and I felt like I was like putting on like an act. Like I felt like I had to be someone. Thank God I'd no longer feel that way. But, you know, there was a time where that was a thing and it felt really uncomfortable and it just felt like this smoke screen. You know, I felt like I had to put on a show for the world. Like, do you ever feel like, you know, you have 102,000 followers. Do you feel like I am Tyler? Or do you feel like sometimes you're Instagram Tyler and then you get to be real Tyler? Like, is the Instagram Tyler different than like when you and your wife are just hanging out, you know? I think it's a, it's 
there's a difference in the fact that I'm a very introverted person. Mm. Like um, if I'm out in, the, in a group of people, I'm usually not the one to go out and be the first one to talk or anything like that. And I think that, you know, when it does come to Instagram stories, you know, I, it's hard to entertain an audience being an introvert. Mm. So I do kind of put that aside. And I don't know if it's me really changing myself more as I'm kind of stepping out of my comfort zone. But at the same time, I, I also, we were out at Horseshoe Bend and I was with my wife and there were two people there that kind of said, hey, are you Tyler Glass? And they said that they recognized me from Instagram. And I, I kind of, there was a change there. And Danielle said I, that she recognized it. And I kind of, I shifted. I was being very introverted. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, yeah, where are you going? And, and it was a difference. And, and I'm still trying to figure out, this is something I'm working on to figure out myself, if it, if it was a difference between me being introverted and then stepping out of my comfort zone, or maybe there was a little bit of embellishment. Maybe I was acting a little bit. And I don't want to do that, obviously. I don't want to be anything but myself when I'm out there, even on Instagram. Right. So I think that it's something that I'm still trying to figure out myself. I, th I think most of it is me just stepping out of my comfort zone. But at the same time, there are things that I say on Instagram that I don't think I would say in person <laughs> or, you know, to, to, to say to one of my peers or my wife or family, nothing bad. It's just like more like just kind of out of the ordinary for me. Just, yeah. Do you feel like you're molding? So when you do those things, do you feel like you're having to mold kind of to a certain culture on Instagram, but that doesn't necessarily like reflect your, the culture that you live in real life. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that most of the people that follow me probably aren't from Kentucky. There's definitely <laughs> right. a different culture. They're probably, you know, West Coast or Europe. So that's definitely a different culture. Mm -hmm. um, I think that sometimes, yeah, I do kind of step into a character that I think my followers would rather see rather than the homegrown Southern Kentucky, you know, Tyler. But um, yeah, I try to avoid that. I really do. It's uh, it's interesting. You should, I mean, I know you say that and like, I think that's, I mean, that's natural for most, most of us to feel that way. I think there's like this fear about being our, our true self and being rejected. Like that's the scariest thing in the world, right? It's like yeah. me being my honest, like this is Prince. This is what you see is what you get. This is who I am. This is how I speak. This is what yeah. I like. This is what I don't like. And then having someone be like, I don't like you. And it's like, which I think is what keeps most of us from, from doing that. But at the same time, I think it also brings in the people that do like you when they, when they see that vulnerability, I think it's the strongest magnet on the planet is someone, oh, yeah. someone just being 100% themselves, whether they're nerdy, quirky, weird, Southern West coast, busy, <laughs> East coast, whatever they may, you know, be talk, etc. I've noticed and I've seen those types of people do so well and excel um, just by being like going against the grain and just saying, I'm just going to be really honest and get over this hump of fear and just put it on the table and you like it or you don't. Absolutely, dude. I don't, I don't think there's anything more brave or admirable than being authentic all the time. No matter what you're doing, Instagram, meeting new people, just being authentic, I think is huge. I feel like a lot of people are working towards that. Like, yeah, like I secretly, I, that's like, I feel like that's like everyone. I think that's, you know, I don't mind bringing it up and, and, and talking about these types of things, but I think that's something we all secretly like hope for and wish. Like, I think everyone's just like, I wish like, cause you get burnt when you're not yourself that you burn out. Like it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's exhausting. It takes a lot of energy. 
and you yeah, feel it. There's, yeah, there's no way you're passionate about acting like someone else. There's no way. And, and without that passion, you're not going to be able to keep going on. It's like you said, you are going to burn out. Right. But. Wild. Well, I could I could keep keep going on on this conversation. <laughs> uh, I just find it really interesting. Um, just the. Well, I really appreciate you bringing it up. Yeah, I think it's important. Thanks, man. Uh, I do too, man. I I just I love people so much, and I think that's why it's so important to talk about these things. And so, um, with that said, we're coming up on time here. It's been about an hour, and so. The way that I normally end these podcasts, which you probably know because you listen to the show, but uh, we like to allow the guests to just kind of leave the AOV audience with some words of wisdom and inspiration. So whenever you're ready, uh, feel free to take the mic and (laughs) drop some love. Yeah, man. I don't consider myself a wise person, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I think that, you know, it's just about, I think my, my greatest advice would be you know, a lot of people are out there saying chase your passion. I think it's more important to find it first. Cause I think there's a lot of people out there who don't even know what they're passionate about. Um, my dad was 55 before he found, um, he's one of the largest leaders in homeless outreach in Louisville, Kentucky right now. And I never saw him as happy and as passionate about anything in his entire life until he found this. And I think it's extremely important that you kind of go out there and you and you experiment and you you try new things and you find whatever it is that's going to keep you going through life that's going to keep you loving life. I mean, I think that's about all I can give to this as far as advice. I think that being passionate is the most important thing. Passionate and kind are the two most important things you can do for humanity. Mm. Tyler Glass, appreciate <laughs> you, brother. That was beautiful, man. Dude, appreciate you having me on. Seriously. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the AOV Podcast. Our goal here at Art of Visuals is to keep everything free and to keep creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we've picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of elsewhere. And just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys uh, like our podcast, our free app, and a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. So check out our website, shop.artivisuals.com. Go get some free presets. The artist presets are still for sale. If you want to support the artist and you should support the artist, uh, just know that that money goes to them. And we're also going to be reworking that commission structure here in the next month. So we're really stoked about that. But go get some free presets. And if you guys want to buy gear, please support us. Help us out. Go to Adorama.com. Peace.